All right, all right. Well, we figured if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably know that Brian and I are both big Pearl Jam fans. And their first studio album in seven years, six years? Yeah. Since 2013, essentially. Six and a half, yep. Six and October a half. October 2013 was when um, Lightning Bolt came out. Okay, so their, their, their newest album, uh, which is called Gigaton, came out this past Friday, March 27th, and Brian and I have been listening to it a lot, so we figured we would do a little bonus uh, critique of it, but uh, celebration of it and just kind of, um, I don't know, talk about it. Yeah. Um, so when I talked to you on Friday night, I think you said that you had listened to it 14 times. By, yep. by then. Mm-hmm. 14 Any idea times. what that number's up to now? Um, um, it's at least... Um, 23 yeah yeah i i would imagine so yeah i just they're one of the few bands where i really really look forward to them to an album or like new music i always want new music from uh, a, a bunch of bands i'm into but you know when an album comes out i can wait a few days to pick it up wait a week or so but with pearl jam it has to be like the second it's out i have to hear it right yeah i i was um i was a little disappointed that i didn't order it i didn't pre-order it uh, okay. because people who pre-ordered it got it in the mail yes uh, some people were getting it like tuesday or wednesday i heard um am i um mine came on thursday Yours came on Thursday, okay, yeah. and uh, which is you know before Friday, so it's mm-hmm. good that you you know you get a little uh, extra time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, here let's go into our, our Pearl Jam background first before we start talking about the record. I wrote down, I wasn't sure how many times I've seen them, and mm-hmm. I I don't go back to 1990 or 91 when they started with them. I didn't really get into them until 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, their fifth record yield came out February of 1998. And I was into them just a little bit before that. Cause I know that you and I were looking forward to yield coming out then. Yes. Um, and we went and we, uh, we picked up yield when it came out, we picked it up as circuit city, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. That wasn't the we didn't do a midnight release there, did we? I think we went. I think we got it the next morning. Right, right. The midnight release we picked up was live on two legs, and then um, right. um, riot act. Then I yeah did binaural. I picked that up at Walmart and Vapo at midnight. Okay, yeah. Riot act came out in two thousand two, mm-hmm. November of two thousand two. Mm-hmm. And you were living in Lake in the Hills and I yeah. drove out to Lake in the Hills to your house. Mm-hmm. And then we drove out to Schaumburg after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, right on a Tuesday night or something. Yeah. So we can get a power records. Yeah. And yeah. We, we each got a copy. 
mm-hmm. and we listened to it. I, it, you know, it was an hour and 10 minute drive back to my house and mm-hmm. you a little drive too. And after listening to riot act, I thought after listening to it the first time, I thought, I, I don't really like this at all. I, I don't <laughs> like they're really challenging me to like this. Right. It was, um, you know, when I first heard it and I think both of us talked about it over email the, the next morning, possibly it was, it's, uh, it was a really moody, uh, dark, almost kind of like folksy album. Lots yeah. Depressing acoustic songs um yeah but now you know now before this one there were there were 10 studio albums and i would probably put riot act at at maybe my third or fourth favorite so it you know the more i listened to it the more i liked it and then i went a few years without listening to it at all and i just went back to it recently and i love it so right but i i always know just as a rule i'm not going to like something from the get-go most Mm -hmm. of the time um and it's funny because i've been thinking about that the past couple of days with this record and um i was listening to a podcast today i forget who uh dan Harmon. i think was the guest he he was the guy that created community Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how the reason that people like certain things is because of comfort and we as humans like to be comfortable. And he said that the reason that people don't like things that they're not used to entertainment wise is because it's too uncomfortable. Hmm. People don't like to feel that discomfort, especially when it comes to entertainment. But he pointed out like the only way that anybody progresses is by being uncomfortable. Right. If you're always comfortable, nothing, nothing new, nothing growing no growing is happening mm-hmm. that makes sense to me why when i heard gigaton for the first time mm-hmm. i was like oh man this is really like i don't even know if i'm gonna listen to this again right <laughs> because i just didn't i didn't like it at all right and um but i i pushed through it and now i mean we'll go through it but i i I like almost everything on there, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to me that the song that I liked the most was the, the second single they released, which was, um, super blood wolf moon. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the song that sounds like the most prototypical catchy pop tune, you know? Right. Right. And, and so it, it makes sense why I would like that right away. Cause it's something not that you, not that I've heard it before, but it's familiar. You know? mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, 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 heading back to what you said earlier, uh, about, uh, feeling comfortable. That's one of the huge reasons why I love this band so much is because album after album, it's different. I mean, they, right. You can head back to the differences between um, ten and verses by yeah, and then no code really uh, changed it up, right? Uh, and uh, and then when you didn't think that they can change it up, then yield really changed it up, and like yeah. every uh, album, so. 
this one, I was, um, you know, I've been talking with you the past like few months, maybe longer even. And I mean, my irritation of uh, Pearl Jam not putting out new material and us seeing them, uh, and I'm hearing the same songs like musically i have to be pushed i mean i mean i have that's uh i've always been like that i have to be pushed musically to keep myself entertained i guess and and most bands that i follow when they uh when they take this long of a hiatus between albums the subsequent album always sucks it's uninspired um very produced and uh and i was really afraid of that happening because they're reaching that age like how 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 much creativity do five people have year after year after year after year and we see this happen with bands i don't care who it is it happens to every band and part of me is waiting for that to happen and fortunately it's not happening yet right yeah and i i read this um i read this article with um the guy the the guy that produced it josh somebody josh evans yeah Mm -hmm. and at the end he was talking he he goes through song by song and talks about it Mm -hmm. but at the end he was talking about how um you know they're done with this and they're already looking forward and they're already creating thinking creatively about the next thing where you know this has been out two days and Mm -hmm. they're already thinking about the next thing you know so yeah well i mean you know uh they mentioned that after every every uh, album because they do like 30 songs per album then they weed it out then they're like oh yeah we'll head back in blah 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 but they've been mentioning that since uh riot act (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh hiatus the hiatuses or hiatus whatever the fucking plural of hiatus <laughs> is gets longer and longer. So I yeah. think it's it's part of the machine. It was interest I was reading maybe a year or two back uh uh an interview with Jeff the bassist, Jeff Amit, and and he said uh they were asking him no how you know, were you guys working on the album, blah, blah, blah. And he gave a very interesting out, uh, answer that to back in the old days when you wanted to record, you just had five guys and you called one of them up and then they all came. Now, now it's a machine. Right. Like it's harder to, to get into the studio. They all have lives families outside interests uh other bands and it's hard and you know you can hear it too also and and i would uh, i would really be interested to see if they still record in the traditional way or this newer way of the bands today usually when they make an album they are not in the same room really right they well I'll send you this article so you can read it with, uh, with the producer, but he Mm -hmm. talks about how, um, 
you know, a lot of the way that it's done is each guy just brings stuff that he's working on. And sometimes it's fully formed ideas and sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. fragments and then they build off of it. And Mm -hmm. they, I was really surprised how much he talked about how they just sort of piece it together and take, you know, a a segment here and put it with a segment there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody will build one thing on top of another and Mm -hmm. it, it, so it, it really sounds like it's, you know, I always just assume, no, somebody's got a song and then they all like just kind of figure out how to play it. And, but like, it yeah. really is like composing. It's like taking all it, of these things is. and putting them all together and figuring out what sounds good and what you can play with and everything. Right. Right. Like I, um, like I still picture and they've talked about it, how they'll bring in, bring in a riff or, or, um, or idea but i still picture them bringing in pieces and they're they're all there at the warehouse or right wherever they record and they hammer it out together or whatever i mean right you know there's a little piece in um uh pg 20 where where I i think it was mike what Mike, the uh, guitarist, was writing "Faithful," and he couldn't get the the middle part. And he and he called up Stone, the other guitarist, and played the part. Who over the telephone and Stone figured it out on the phone. Oh man, that's and, awesome! And then they obviously hooked up and worked it out so yeah so yeah and, and faithful that's like one of my top five pearl yeah i mean that's a so good great bombastic song yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's yeah. awesome although to be fair i'm sure if i talked about pearl jam songs i'd probably mention 20 songs and say that's a top five right song. right yeah i know yeah oh oh yeah absolutely i'm not great at counting that way uh, <laughs> Uh, one thing they, that they did say in this article was about how there wasn't like, there wasn't a session of, it it wasn't, this wasn't done in a short period of time. Like they started in 2017 and just wrapped up at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, you know, a little bit at a time and a few songs at a time. Uh And, And, you know, and it almost, you know, at first it was just them getting together and like, listening to stuff and working on stuff without even necessarily thinking that they were doing an album. And then just after a certain point, they were like, Oh crap, I think we're working on an album here, you know, right. mm-hmm. which is, it's pretty awesome. But when, you know, talk about talking about evolving there, you and I had recorded an episode of this podcast more later at your house in early January. And we had just finished recording when they released the first single off the new record, uh, the single's called Dance of the Clairvoyance. And when it started, the first few notes, we looked at each other and you actually said, this isn't Pearl Jam. <laughs> it sounded yes. like it's a freaking drum machine. I thought I hit the, uh, the wrong, wrong button. button. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it just, it totally does not sound like them, like from the beginning. And then like, as we're listening to it, I was like, this totally sounds like the talking heads. And mm-hmm. 
like all the reviews I've been reading, it's like, yeah, it sounds a lot like talking heads. And I mean, it just, just for, for them, the thing that always amazes me is, okay, I listen to these songs and I don't like them. And then because I'm, they're uncomfortable to me. Right. And then the more I listen to them, the more I like them because they become more uncomfortable. And I listen to, I hear different things and, you know, I can pay attention to the lyrics or this, you know, the sounds and everything. But these guys somehow know that it's good. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like they don't, they don't need to listen. I mean, maybe they listen to it over and over as they're playing, but like just to be able to create something like that, mm-hmm. I, I think about this all the time with writers, with musicians, with film directors, everybody to, to be able to create something and not necessarily be getting a ton of feedback, but to have confidence that whatever you're doing, people are going to like, and you're not just so far off course that you're crazy and that like what you're producing garbage. It's, it's amazing to me. Right. And you know, with, with that said, I think that's why they keep uh, writing really great music is because they're not writing it for other people to like. Right. Yeah. Like as long as they like it uh, and right. satisfied as artists, because, you know, I, you know, I think that's why, when you hear the term creative differences in bands that uh, break up, that's a huge part of it. You have people wanting to head in different directions. You have people that want to write the same shit over because that's what their fans want. Right. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a testament to the creativity and the, the, kind of that's scary to do but when you look at their history they've done that over and over and over like they're they joke about no code i mean and 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 that's the album that really took them out of quote-unquote popularity right yeah artistically kind of intentionally though yeah and Artistically and musically, it's for me one of, if not their best albums. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's, I think I'll like I would say, oh yeah, that's their best album. Lightning Bolts, uh, their best album, Yields their best album. I can I can <laughs> say it for all, but like musically, melodically, engineering, lyrically, I think No Code is quite possibly their best album out there. And and that's what killed it for most of their, their popular fans. Right. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, the, the, the urge to just do something over again, because that's what sold last time. Mm-hmm. And if, if I had to choose, I don't have too much, too difficult of a time choosing my least favorite album, mm-hmm. which almost always I'll say verses, which really? is their second one, which I think, you know, I, it seems like they were not that they were trying to do the first one again, you know, mm-hmm. but they were trying to follow up the first one and maybe they weren't being as different on that as they could have been. Now, you know, I say that and there's still half a dozen just fantastic songs on there. Right. That, but, um, that's interesting that you say that because the first time I heard Animal, um, 
which I think it might have, the, the first time I heard it might have been when they performed it uh, at the MTV Music Awards that year mm-hmm. in like 93 or whatever. And, and I remember hearing that riff and I'm just like, holy shit, this doesn't sound like Pearl Jam at all. And yeah. I got the album and just listening to like the the ones that like popped out as like so different were WMA and Dissident, yeah. Rearview Mirror, Rats, Elderly One. So yeah, I it's interesting how how d- different our perceptions are. Right. Yeah. What's the uh what's the last song on that one? Indifference. Indifference, yeah. yeah. I, I most almost every Pearl Jam album ends with a with a great slow introspective song. Right, yeah. And um I think every single one of them does actually. Yeah, pretty and much. That's that's always that's always a you know, one of the things that I look for is what's gonna be the last one. Right. Um, and on this one, I, I was pretty pleased with the last one too, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. So, um, all right, you want to start going through them? Sure. Yeah. So I, there's twelve songs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Eleven or yeah, twelve songs. Wow. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna like write them down, and I listened to them a lot, and then like then I I just kind of was listening to them last night and took some notes on them. Mm-hmm. And but I I didn't listen to them in order. I just kind of listened to them as I thought of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put stars by the ones that I <laughs> that I really like. Right. Hey, can we talk about the uh, theme of the album really fast? Because I sure. think that'll give some some insight. Uh, so the the album is called. Gigaton, which is a dual meaning. They're two uh, measurements. So gigaton is knowing I'm, this isn't like word for word, but gigaton is the um, measurement of the loss of the um, ice shelves, the melting. Okay. Uh, and the other one is a unit for um, explosion. Um, right. So I think with that said, this uh, the theme of the album is anger and loss. And when you look into it lyrically in the time period that they started writing it, uh, there is a lot of, you know, Pearl Jam is known for um, uh, their politics and their activism, and they aren't shy that that they don't like the current president, the current government. They haven't been happy with it for ages. But then the loss, you know, Chris Cornell, right. Tom Petty, um, uh, they lost one of their... Um, one of their um, touring band member um, group members a uh, um, year ago, I think. The the lighting person, I think. Okay. One of their longtime m- members since 1990 passed away. So wow. 
that's why I, when you look into it, that there's anger and loss pop up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so there, there's songs that you would expect a little bit from them. Maybe not expect, but there, there's like prototypical Pearl Jam songs and there's atypical Pearl Jam songs, I think, mm-hmm. on, on here. And I think, would you say that most people, when they think of a Pearl Jam song at this point, probably what they're thinking of is like a song that Eddie Vedder writes that's just like a fast rock and roll song? Um not non-casual i mean casual pearl jam fans casual pearl jam fans i would i would you know i could be wrong they don't know who's writing this song and they associate it with everything from the first three albums right right yeah so not anything that's going to sound like that i think is but i think eddie vetter is is more likely to write something that sounds like that you don't think so no no i think um no i mean because he he only did one or two off the first album three off the second four off the third or yeah that's true so yeah i mean i don't the casual fan is gonna think um um alive even flow jeremy animal go corduroy possibly and out of those he wrote one right so yeah so yeah yeah that's true well the first song is whoever said Mm -hmm. which i actually didn't write anything about but the thing that always that, that has stood out for me about that song is actually at the end where it seems like they just add drums. Like, did you notice that? Like at the very end, there's like surprising drums that come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that song um, reminds me of this huge, long jam. Yeah. And, uh, and I, that's an ad written. No, I think you're, you're right in the sense of, of the, the the last few albums of like kind of rocky, like rocking songs, right? Are are are, are Ed songs, and right. You can tell when you're a huge fan, you you can tell what he's writing because it has a similar chord progression, similar melody to to yeah. all of his songs um recently especially yeah yeah and and th- this one this one is one of his and it's um i the lyrics on it i just like a lot um mm-hmm. but the um let's see uh, i didn't write this down so i have to find it real quick what i was talking about here um, this dead air is great for podcasts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that part edited out. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. I can't even think. Oh, that 
whoever said it's all been said gave up on satisfaction. Mm -hmm. When I heard that, I thought it was interesting because you can say, okay, whoever said it's all been said gave up on satisfaction. Mm -hmm. But you could also, I mean, (laughs) here's the part where somebody who knows nothing about music questions the lyrical ability or the lyrical choices of Eddie Vedder, who's like (laughs) the best lyricist of the past like 30 years or whatever. But like, why not say whoever said it's all been said instead of gave up on satisfaction, something like settled for satisfaction. Like to me, like you want more than satisfaction. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like whoever said it's all been said, gave up on satisfaction. I don't want to just be satisfied. Right. I want more than satisfied. Right. I'm sure he'll take that to heart. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, maybe with the rhythm of the song, it just sounded better. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, I'm I mean, looking at words and I have, I still have no idea how you even get the melody of a song over like <laughs> the, the music. Like I have no idea how music is made. None at I all. I mean, so maybe uh, satisfaction is uh, the like minimal thing, like the Mendoza line. Right, and, and right. He, he and he's and and he's saying that if you're not even happy with that, you've given up. Yeah, yeah. Know. Well, I mean, the song. It's it, when I when I heard when I heard this, I it gave me a good feeling about the album right off the bat. Right, because it's it's an easy song to get into. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, it's a it's an Eddie Vedder rock and roll song. Right, that that is just fun to listen to. And so I, no, I told you this on Friday and I mean, we'll get to it and I'm not going to get all like nerd musical melody writing, but this is one of those songs where it, uh, um, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the, uh, in the key of a, which he is a huge fan of in the last two or three albums. And, uh, to me, it has a, that, that worldwide suicide feel. And yeah. actually I was the first time I heard it, I was disappointed because I was like, fuck, it's the same kind of rhythm. I don't fucking want that. So, but after, after hearing it 23 times and he actually, after, <laughs> after hearing it the like third time, I was like, okay, I kind of let that go. And I'm like, okay, this is a real angry song, but that, that ending drum part was, I was kind of yearning f- f- for that to be the, the actual, bass melody for the song because i thought that that ending part's so awesome i think yeah yeah well you mentioned worldwide suicide which is a a song i think the second song off of their um it's called the it's called pearl jam but people refer to it as the avocado album Mm -hmm. it's a picture of an avocado on the cover um and I thought that the next song on the album, Super Blood Wolf Moon, I thought the intro to that kind of sounded 
a little bit like worldwide suicide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, the uh, same opening chords, actually. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it changes uh, pretty quickly, which I like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you and I had talked before that you didn't like the lyrics, like the way that he sings at the, the beginning of that song. But the song as a whole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I don't think anybody can listen to that song and not get into it. Yeah, I don't the 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 chorus is what opens up the song and when I first heard it I thought it was a pretty weak chorus um uh-huh. but after after hearing it in the uh entirety and once again if people um can't figure out I love angry music and this is a fucking angry song um, yeah. So now, now the chorus is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's just got he, the the way that he. I mean, he growls some of these lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it, it is angry, but it's also it's also pretty reflective too. I think you mm-hmm. know, like it's a song about it's a song about loss, but it's a song. It, it's an angry loss, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There, there's a there's a song, um, or there's a section of the song that when he sings it, it's just like so. The way he sings it is just so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of where is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? The end of the second verse. Uh, but the world kept a spin and always felt like it was ending. And love notwithstanding, we are each of us fucked. Mm-hmm. Which oh yes just the way that he sings it, it's just, he's just so like angry and I don't know. I, I it's like sometimes when I'm listening to it, I just like replay that. Right. Just those couple lines just to hear him sing it again. It's so great. Right. And the thing about Eddie, Eddie as a vocalist and lyricist, like, like Pearl Jam or not like Pearl Jam, you uh, have to admit that he, there, there is no phoning it in on the vocals on on any Pearl Jam song. Like he, the what I love of this song is the sense of urgency. Like his fucking hair is on fire. He he, like he sings the like it's the last time he'll ever sing, and that yeah, yeah. that's that's what adds to a lot of their songs. Yeah, well, just looking at the lyrics of that entire verse, that mm-hmm. might be like my favorite right. versus any song like and the, i think i also because at the at the beginning of the verse he's just singing it so like not mellow but just mm-hmm. like so nice mm-hmm. you know and then just to get like by the end of that verse just to be oh it's right i love it um i'm also also about this song one of the things um pearl jam does that that a lot of kind of newer bands don't show is uh musicianship and command of their instruments and the solo that mike does on this song shows you that guitar solos still have a place in rock music and they fucking kick ass the solo on this is so good 
it is insane. Yeah. Like I, I, as soon as I heard that, I just thought I cannot wait to see that in person. Yeah. Because oh yeah, he gets so into it, and you know that when he plays that, it's just going to be outrageous. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. Stupid coronavirus. <laughs> um. All right. So then we have Dance of the Clairvoyance, which. This is the only song on the album that all five guys get songwriting credits for. Right. And when you hear how complicated it is, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Because like I have no idea how anybody writes this song. But it from what I read, um, it came because the the drummer came with a drum drum machine beat. And mm-hmm. that's the backbone of the song, which is why you you know, we didn't think that it was a Pearl Jam song at the beginning because you don't think of Pearl Jam with a freaking drum machine, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, the expensive. only uh, the only other song that they had with a drum machine was You Are off of Riot Act, and it wasn't really programmed as a drum machine. It was uh, guitars used on a drum machine. Is that what the beginning of that song is? That's what the whole whole like song is. Yeah, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I because that it, it's such a unique song. You are, mm-hmm. and I. That's you. It's from Riot Act, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's one of those that I heard, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And right. then, like over the years, now it's just like one of those, uh, you know, top twenty slash five. Right, or right, and I mean. No, I I think Dance of the Clairvoyance um, kind of shook people like us because it isn't a typical Pearl Jam song. I mean, it has a drum machine, but I you know would like to tell people that they've pushed things before because a song like You Are is not a yeah, that's true. Pearl Jam song. So that's true. Well, one of the things that I read in this interview with the producer was that Stone Gossard actually wrote the baseline for that. Right. And Stone isn't the bassist for the band, but mm-hmm. that like nobody cares. You know, yeah. it's just like right, Jeff Ament isn't going to be like, you can't write the baseline on the bassist. Right, like, right. No. like whoever can do it can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then now we get into the. Um, the Jeff Ament portion <laughs> portion of the album, which I will say most on most every album, uh, the songs that Jeff Ament writes are my least favorite songs. Right. Almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're just always so heavy. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe them. It's like, like heavy, like, I don't know. Just when I hear them, I, I just think like, oh man, this is, this is like draining to me. Yeah. There's a, like a lot of his songs, there's a darkness to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I mean, he wrote, um, nothing as it seems. Right. Yeah. And I didn't like that at first, but now I've really grown to like it. But all of these, these songs on here, when I first listened to them, I was like, yep, those are Jeff's songs. I don't like them. But now that I've listened to them more, I, they're great. And right. the, I mean, he did he do the lyrics for Quick Escape too? No. Uh, Ed, Ed. Yeah. 
but uh, I mean, it's it's just so great. Yeah. So the uh, for the baseline, uh, I would recommend listening to this whole album with 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 headphones. Um, the baseline on and this so uh, on this whole song is so there's so it's so intricate um, and it's heavy and um, the guitar riff um, when I first heard it I it's a simple riff but it's just it's piercing and um, you know the lyrics is a was it's a uh, it's about getting the fuck out of here and heading to Mars and then re- regretting that uh, we didn't get up there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I was not into it at first, but it's, it, it, it isn't the song that has had the biggest turnaround for me, mm-hmm. but it's, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a f- funkiness like dance of the clairvoyance. There's a, f- funkiness to it this one i i think has has it for me also it's yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, this one really jumped out at me big yeah. time well the the one that has had the biggest turnaround for me is the next song all right oh um, yeah oh that I first, the, first darkness, I was like, the darkness i'm like, all there <laughs> huh? this one has such a dark for me, when I first heard it, I pictured being um, lost in a forest at one a.m. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's it it's so like I don't know. When I first heard it, I was like, "This sucks," but then, like, I seriously, I was like, "Why is this even on there?" But then, like, just the more I listen to it, the more the more I like it, and um. But it's like it's kind of a little bit of it is kind of heartbreaking, but it's also yeah. a little bit apropos for the whole like self quarantine thing. You know, right. it's all right to be alone, to listen for a heartbeat. It's your own. Yeah, yeah. It's so uh, it's okay to be by yourself. You can be comfortable with yourself. Right. It's all right to say no. Be a disappointment. Mm-hmm own home it's all right to turn it off like man right but like oh and the um the the i don't even know what it is at the beginning whatever that sound at the beginning is did it remind you of pendulum off the last Um, album at all the thing that remind maybe not like the actual sound but just the you know the feel like pendulum i mean that's one of the songs that makes you want to slip my wrists. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. In a good this, way. I, and, and I mean, music should music So great music should conjure up those types of feelings, not to slit your wrists, but it should make you react in a way and that particular song makes me want to slip my wrist because it's so heavy um yeah. but yeah i mean that that heaviness in pendulum is here on um all right i think it's that same it's 
suffocating, I think, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is Never Destination. Uh, which... No, uh, seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. I skipped. I skipped seven yeah. o'clock. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't even have that. That's why I only have 11 songs on here. Right. Yeah. So uh, seven o'clock is probably um, my least favorite. Um, you got to be a hater. Huh? He said, "Why you got to be a hater?" Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, what? So, so I'm a huge f- fan, but I still feel like I keep things uh, objective. <laughs> yeah. So I okay. So least favorite doesn't mean I don't like it. I think right. yeah. uh, melodically, uh, it is it is the weakest song on here. It's just another. Um, it's uh, it's a mix melodically of of sirens and amongst the waves um which i think are not that good of song i like Shut those no, i know you like a uh, amongst the, the waves and that like wood block that they're hitting for percussion i get that but uh yeah, I th- yeah. I f- so for me, throw out the melody, but the these lyrics are, I think, some of Ed's best. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, and and that is for me the beauty of Eddie Vedder as a lyricist. So, um, um. Um, there's a song on Backspacer called Speed of Sound, and I could oh. do without the melody, but I love that song because of the lyrics. I can bypass every because the, the lyrics are off the charts. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So, so, so <laughs> one of the things that, um, makes me laugh is uh is amongst the ways because i don't i don't like to talk negative about that song because i know how uh, much you like it but it like it also reminds me of um of of a force of nature also because i remember uh, back when it came out i told you how awesome it was and you're like yeah i don't yeah that's not a real good song and then later on it like hit you that that it's an awesome song so by later on you mean like within the last four or five (laughs) right right i seriously only started liking that song (laughs) but i mean it happens so my hope is for those songs I'm not like really into that I have that same right. revelation because I had that for a, a whole album. I know I've referenced it a few times earlier, but no code. When yeah. I first heard Who You Are, that song changed my life. But then yeah. when I heard everything else, I was like, this album fucking sucks. There's like yeah. one or two good songs on here. And then I remember being in my bedroom um, 
October of 1998, so it took two years. I had that album on uh, in the background, and when it ended, I literally told myself, how the fuck could you not like this? Yeah, And it, it just takes time, I think. Well, to the point that, like, our first Pearl Jam show that we went to, they played the song Off He Goes. Right. Which is off of No Code. And we didn't even recognize it yeah. because we just skipped around. You know, yeah. we didn't. I, I don't think at that point I'd even heard No Code. So yeah, I didn't I even. Mean, know. Yeah. Yeah. I, when we first saw them, the songs off, off No Code I knew were Who You Are, Hail, Hail, and Mankind. Oh, I didn't Oddly. even know Mankind. Yeah. Um, but, habit. You knew Habit. Oh, yeah. You? Habit. Habit. Yeah. Um, and, and Lucan, um, yeah, but yeah, the others like Red Mosquito and uh, Smile and In My Tree, and sometimes yeah. I was like, I for like In My Tree is another life changing song, and I like can't wrap my head around how I didn't realize right. how great it was but i think that is the beautiful part of music is that it is always there when you're ready yeah and right I, for some reason i just wasn't ready at all yeah well my one of my favorites on there is i've mentioned how the final songs are always good but around the bend mm-hmm. the a song that Eddie Vedder wrote for the drummer at the time, Jack Irons for the Jack Irons kid, kind right. of a lullaby mm-hmm. type of song. And it's man. Right. My, that's, I, I used to play uh, a CD with, for my sons when they went to bed, when they were like two, three, four, five years old mm-hmm. and around the bend was on the CD. So they listened to that almost every night for like a couple of years. And, Oh, it's just such a great song. I, Oh man. I love it so much. Um, all right. Uh, what's next? Never Destination. Number yeah. Seven. Yeah. Uh, song. Did you like it? Okay. So this one was a, another one like whoever said this. This has the same feedback drum pattern and chord opening as worldwide suicide um yeah and that irritated me and then the second time i heard it i got past that and and once again it's not like they're total copies of the previous song it's just a little intro part because then after that after the after the first, I don't know, like 12 or 14 bars, it breaks and it's a different song. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this song is, again, a song where there is questioning of everything, anger, um, resolve, like not accepting that things are going to have this end. And when I 
and uh, and the solo in this is fucking awesome. And yeah. this has so many pieces to it. Um, but I picture, I picture uh, him being out of sorts, like out of his yeah. mind, and he goes surfing. And then all this, all these metaphors pop in his head and all this imagery and he comes back like he's being beaten down by the waves, but he keeps getting on his surfboard. And there's references, I think, to all of this. Um, right. But there, I, there's this like kind of there's this. This song just just has panicky feels to it, anxious feels, anger, like just everything everything that a person can feel all at once is in this song. And yeah, it, it's pretty great. Yeah, it is. And um you know, I don't know so and there's it like it covers a wide range of topics. Like I yeah. said gigaton the the whole anger and loss this one has anger loss politics uh the loss part did you notice the 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 outro the end of it um let's see that um that were random verse um i don't it's not coming to me he was a singer in a rock and roll band, had command of oh, yeah. uh-huh. Okay, so Emily was listening to it, and she said, that's a Tom Petty song. <clears throat> the melody the m- melody and the topic is out of a Tom Petty song called Listen to Her Heart. Mm-hmm. Listen to that song and the lyrics. That's what Eddie is uh, referencing as I think he, and uh, like a tribute to Tom Petty because he passed yeah. away in what 18? Um, yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, all right. Well, next might be my favorite song from the album, Take the Long Way by Matt Cameron. The drummer writes the song that I think I like the best. Right. You know what's funny is, you know, I'll always, you love the, I I feel the like oddest songs on Pearl Jam albums. And I, you know, I I think that's so awesome. I I don't even know. I, I can't even describe why I like some of them, though. Right. This one, this one, I think I kind of have a preference for drums in a lot of songs. Sure. The drums are so central to this song, mm-hmm. which isn't surprising because the drummer wrote it. But um, just, the, I think the lyrics are, the melody of the lyrics is so great. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that Matt Cameron wrote them and not Eddie Vedder. Right. I mean, it just just from beginning to end, like I woke up this morning singing this song, okay. this, this song that was in my head when I woke up this morning. And 
I, I don't know. I, I just love it. It's this or Super Blood, Wolf Moon or All Right. Those are my three songs. And this one, um, I'm not even sure I really liked this is right when I heard it. But mm-hmm. the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And it's it's just fantastic. One of the things that I think is interesting is that um, in the notes, it says that programming by Matt Cameron. Yeah. Which is just like it's just interesting, you know, that like programming, you know, that, that Pearl Jam has programming on right. one of their songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did vocals on that song. Right. Um, I think there, I think that's the song that also has for the first time, I think I read a female backup vocal on, uh, oh. uh, take way so i thought that was interesting too but i think i don't know all around that uh oh and i think matt cameron plays guitar on that song too Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i don't know if he's the one that does the solo or not but um um, probably more rhythm he's a great guitarist he he came up with the fixer he came up he, he did yeah oh my gosh yeah that's a matt cameron song that uh, you can he- head on YouTube and hear the original, and uh-huh. it's way different. But the basis of the fixer is is Matt Cameron, uh, um, um, and he wrote Evacuation, I think. Right, um, Evacuation. Yeah. So he he's a great rhythm guitarist, and and I think anybody <laughs> anybody that plays with chris cornell is gonna be great because yeah i mean that fucking guy pushes you because he's he was great he the stuff he did on guitar with time signatures and rhythm it's fucked up actually yeah tuning yeah that's fucked up yeah well i i i was that's that's one of the jewels of the of the album to me yeah um Next up, it, usually Stone Gossard writes some of my favorite songs. I always like a good Stone Gossard song. Yeah, yeah. I wish, and I no, I wish he, and he could have. For all we know, he's. For people that don't know, he was the main music writer for the early years, right? Like, um like especially on the first two album he he he's he he's a he's a riff genius yeah and i wish there were more stone riffs out there um to me if you a, a great stone gossard song that you if you're not a hardcore pearl, pearl jam fan you've probably never heard but you should absolutely hear because it will make your day is in hiding yes that is just that to me like sums him up like just the rhythm of that song mm-hmm. is just yeah. so great that's um, from um yield, yield. right yield? Yeah, yeah yield so this song the opening notes i no i really fell in love with this song this in the best way i can describe this song is that the melody on guitar and bass are are backwards and and i kind of don't even know what i mean when i say that it just to me to me it sounds backwards 
um, like it that riff that melody shouldn't sound like that, but it does, and yeah, that's that's why he's a genius. And the lyrics they're simple. There's not a lot there, but there's some type of loss or losing of a person, and he's yeah. saying, "Hey, this is happening. Buckle up." It's- it's a it's a really dark song. Yeah. It's really like mm-hmm. the lyrics to it are really. But in this interview with the the producer, um, it talks about how Ed was was very careful about singing it and getting it right with Stone's lyrics, and so much so that if he would change one one word, like delete and or add a the or something, mm-hmm. he checked with Stone to be sure it was okay. Right. And so, like you're Eddie Vedder, do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> but it's it's yeah, it's a uh, it's a good song. Yeah. Um. Okay. Comes then goes is next. Comes and goes, an Eddie Vedder song. I was totally, totally pleased with the. Is it now is 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 it? It's just him on the guitar, right? There's nothing else there. Yeah, it's just him, and he and uh, and he comes up with this country inspired riff. Um, okay, I'm so glad you said that. My note here says beginning sounds a sort of like a country western song, right? And yeah, it's a country western song, and it's um, kind of has feels of some Chris Cornell. Um, yeah, that's that's what I was like. Wondering. Well, yeah, I think this. I th- I think many people were, um, including myself, thinking "River Cross" was the Chris Cornell song, and it very well might be. But "Comes Then Goes" is obviously one hundred percent. He's talking to and and uh, about Chris Cornell. Through the whole thing, and I mean, even even parts of the guitar reminds me of of, uh, of uh, seasons by Chris Cornell. Not just some chords, um, yeah. The, the feel of it, and it's a very sad, sad song. I think it's a very uh, melancholy. Yeah, song. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I mean, the first time I heard it, I was. Not weepy, but I got kind of, it was, it's very moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Retrograde. I, I, no. I don't think I've to this enough. I can't even, I can't think anything about this song. I must be skipping it or something. I don't know. Okay. So retrograde, if I'm not mistaken, opens up with a 12 string, huge, um, this is, I think, one of the anchors of the whole album with the whole nature aspect, with the whole like gigaton as in the me- measurement and the melting of the ice shelf. This is the like earth song. This is being out in the middle of Montana and there's a rainstorm moving in. Okay. And you're just kind of in the ending, the outro where where Ed, it, 
where it just has like huge thundering drums and the keyboards uh, and Ed, Ed uh, in the background just um, yelling, hear the sound. That's head out and just listen to the thunder rolling in. Just yeah. be in tune with it. And it has such an uh, earthy atmospheric feel. It kind of reminds me a little bit that ending part with the drums it re- uh, uh, reminds me of a Joy Division song called Atmosphere where the drums are s- such a huge part of it but when you listen like it's I think one of the one of the most underrated songs on here because it starts off n- nice and simple b- but the rise in the ending, I don't. I don't. If people can't tell. I really like this song. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen to it with that imagery in your head and see if that changes it. All right. Yeah. I'll, I, I, I can't. I literally cannot even think what it sounds like. So I, I must just be going straight to River Cross. After right. This. So I, I think part of it is because it's a Mike McCready song, and other than Given to Fly, which is probably my maybe my all-time favorite Pearl Jam right. song. I'm not huge on Mike McCready songs. Yeah, you are, man. Faithful. Is Faithful? Oh, yeah, yeah. you just said that. Yeah. Inside Job. Oh, shut up. Okay, I get your point. <laughs> Mind Your Manners. Uh, actually, actually, Inside Job and Mind Your Manners, neither one of those I'm too keen on. Mm. But Faithful and um, what was the one you said after that? Uh uh, comatose yeah comatose comatose to me is just an insane song right um okay so then it, the 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 record closes with river cross which um is ed the, the this interview says ed is, has an old pump organ from the 1850s in his home studio mm-hmm. what you what he played on the demo is what you hear on the finished track so this is the demo that he brought into the studio okay. and they used track which is pretty cool right it's it's quite an organy song yeah yeah and it and and it and it adds that somber organs remind me of churches and funerals Um, yeah yeah it's it's gonna be i can see them opening a lot of encores with this you know, because it's going to take a minute to set up the organ. It's just kind of, uh, you know, give everybody a breather while he's doing this. And um, I don't know. It, it's a cool song. Right. It's the songs are pretty cool and right. kind of one of those expansive, like uh, every going everywhere songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was performing this on his solo tour in twenty-seven or eighteen. 2017 i think um and one of the things when pearl jam did um live versions of new songs before the album came out the lyrics would always change vastly uh and the lyrics here 
don't change mm. from the first, except this song was only three verses long when he first started performing it. Then he added on for the album two verses. Um, Starting with uh, Wide Awake Through This Deepest Night and then the following verse, I Want This Dream to Last Forever. Um, Nice. No. All right. No, we actually, hang on, my... Now, that first verse was always on there. This, um, I want this dream to last forever and hence, henceforth are, are the new ones. And, uh, oh, okay. you know, I, th- I think kind of change, change the song. I, th- I th- you know, I think when, when he originally wrote it, how I, how I interpret it is uh, it was just him. He was, it, it was a very introspective song, but by adding in those last two verses, it changes the song into us, right. not just him, which is right. huge. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's all 12 songs. Now, in case somebody isn't going to go back and listen to all 12 of those songs, choose two songs that they should listen to. Um, shit. Two? <laughs> two. Okay. Um, I'm going to... God damn it. That's like saying, hey, do you want your <laughs> oxygen? Like, um, I'm going to go with Quick Escape and Buckle Up. Okay, I'm going to go with Take the Long Way and Super Blood Wolf. Okay. So there you go. Quick Escape, Buckle Up, Take the Long Way, Super Blood Wolf. So those are four songs there. And if you're going to listen to those four songs, listen to the remaining eight songs and you will not be disappointed, especially with River Cross and Retrograde and Never Destination. Okay. So now pick one song from a previous album that they should listen to. Who You Are. That... Okay. okay. Yeah. That's good. Who um, You Are is uh, off no code. Okay. I, I was going to go with Amongst the Waves just because <laughs> I know you, you don't like it. But I've talked about it a lot, so I'll go with Faithful. Listen to Faithful. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. So actually – Really quick, we can do this fast. Let's mm-hmm. pick a song off one song off of each album. Okay. Okay, so 10. 10, they should listen to release. Okay, and uh, I will pick Oceans. Okay. Okay, and then off of uh, Verses. Verses they should listen to. Uh, well, they probably already know "Elderly Woman" behind. No, listen to "Blood." Okay, Ed does great vocal work in "Blood." Right. Yeah, I mean a lot of those are well known, but I'll head with a "Dissident" because I have the lyrics tattooed on my arm. Okay, <laughs> that's a good reason. Yeah. 
Okay, and then uh, Vitalogy? Vitalogy, um, Satan's Bed. Oh, yes. Excellent choice. Yeah. Um, this one I'm going to pick, uh, and people know it probably, Last Exit. Well, it, mm. Talk about singing a song like your hair is on fire. That's right. Last yeah. Exit. And then... Um, no code. Um, I picked who you are and I'll stick with who you are. Okay. Um, I liked around the bend earlier, so we'll stick with around the bend. Okay. And then yield yield. I chose faithful. We'll keep that. Okay. Um, with yield, I will head with, uh, low light. Ah, good. Which is a Jeff song. I mean, oh, shitty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, binaural, asshole. <laughs> uh, oh, God, do I even remember the track listing for binaural? Um, so. How about... Um, oh, man, I don't know. Oh, is that Can't Keep? No, oh. that's Riot Act. Um choose yours i gotta look up the track okay i'm gonna go uh with track eight of of the girl okay i will go with um i'll go with number four light years good yo excellent choice That's a good one. Uh, again a heavy drum song yes and that's a mike song also Mike yeah. McCree. Okay, and then Riot Act. Riot Act, I will go with You Are. Okay. And I will go with Thumbing My Way. Oh, God, I forgot about Thumbing My yeah. Way. I've been Thumbing My Way for months on here. <laughs> thumbing My Way. You can have Thumbing My Way. Okay. Damn it. And I always get binaural and Riot Act confused. Right, and then Pearl Jam or Avocado. Um, uh, comatose. Okay, excellent. Um, um, I would have picked that also. I have those lyrics tattooed on my arm also. Uh, but I'm gonna go with marker in the sand. Big wave is another good one off of there. Okay, and then we have uh, backspacer. Backspacer. Yes. That one I will go with um, Supersonic. Excellent. I'm going to get, oh man. This one is hard. And and I think for a storytelling song, I think, like I mentioned earlier, Force of Nature, it's a great storytelling song, but uh, as a, another one, bonus, uh the end is one of the oh. saddest songs I've ever heard. Oh man! Yeah. If you went to the end, have a tissue handy, yeah. please. And then, uh, and then we have lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Um, hmm. Well, the title track is good, but I will go with "Let the Records Play." There you go, and I will go with "Get Away," the opening track. That's a good one. Yes, and we've 
covered all the Pearl Jam albums. Just in case they didn't believe we were Pearl Jam fans. Yes. <laughs> well, I, well uh, uh, what about one off of uh, Lost Dogs? One off of Lost Dogs? Let's go. Um, uh, hitchhiker. Ooh, Hitchhiker. Um, no, 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 no. U. Just the letter U. Oh, U. <laughs> yeah, uh, U, yeah. God, Listen I, to U. I love that song. That, um, everybody loves that song. Yeah. The fact that that song was not even good enough to make an album, that they wrote that song and they're like, nah, I don't think it's good enough. Right. Are you kidding me? You. Listen to it. It's great. Um, I will go with Sad. Oh. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up our, uh, our Pearl Jam podcast uh with the breakdown of the new album gigaton um all things pearl jam yeah it's it's all pearl jam and uh check it out check it out check it yourself out. in honor of pearl jam, and pearl jam concerts my drink of choice tonight has just been a bottle of red wine excellent excellent straight Straight from the bottle. I'm drinking an Oliver Soft Red, probably too sweet for Eddie Vedder to drink during a concert. Right. Yeah, he drinks dry reds. Yeah, I figured it was going to be a dry red, but this is just what I saw first thing and I was in a hurry. It's all good. And I like Oliver Soft Red. I'm not a huge wine person, but this is good stuff, so I drank it. All right. This is this isn't even a regular episode. This is a bonus episode. Bonus or, bonus material for all the millions of Pearl Jam fans out there that might care what we think about the new album. Now you know. All right, thanks for listening and uh check out the regular episode which is uh should be right after this in your feed. Thanks.